Ducks Unlimited invites you to the third annual Ducks Unlimited Expo presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, May 5th through 7th. Watch the premier canine performance athletes of the dog world competing in the incredible dog challenge, test drive a new ATV, or visit the live fire shooting ranges. DUX, the show for everything outdoors. To learn more, visit duckexpo.com. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born in war, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists. Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. Get me drinking that moonshine. Get me higher than the grocery bill. Take my troubles to the high wall. Throw them in the river and get your pill. We've been sniffing that cocaine. Ain't nothing better when the wind cuts cold. Oh, it's a mighty hard living, but a damn good feeling. Little Tyler Childers kicking things off for us on episode 673 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you. Thanks for dropping by today. Thanks to Mossberg, our longtime presenting sponsor. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So appreciate you dropping by. Hopefully you have plans to get into the turkey woods this weekend, or uh, hey, maybe, maybe the crappie bite's on in your neck of the woods. Should be. Should be right now. Uh... That's one of my favorite things to fish for every spring. Just stack up a cooler full of slabs, have a fish fry, have some fish tacos. Mm. I, I do think crappie is my favorite freshwater fish to eat. Um, definitely like it better than than catfish. Some of you might think uh, that's blasphemy, but hey, that's my personal preference anyway. Uh, also, largemouth, pretty good. Not going to lie. You know it's true. Don't buy into that BSO largemouth or trash fish just because people want you to throw them back uh now certainly gotta throw back a big one but a nice two pound bass mm, that's good eating right there uh all right what are we doing today let me tell you you know what to do pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire pour yourself another cup of that black rifle coffee out of granddaddy's beat up old stanley thermos because we're gonna be joined by a longtime friend of the program in the form of All Seasons Feeders, Zach Gates, whom I was just in turkey camp with last week. He was actually nil guy hunting. Uh, the kids and I were down in South Texas turkey hunting. Uh, met up and we had a great time. Uh, first time we've actually, ever actually got to like hang out outside of work stuff. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, Zach's very passionate. Uh, he's a big bow hunter. We're going to talk about his time chasing Dad with a stick and string out in the West Texas mountains. That's, it can't be an easy undertaking considering the rugged terrain that those things call home. Uh, maybe we'll mix in some elk hunting and, uh, and then also get into the latest and greatest from all seasons as they continue to 
evolve and push the envelope when it comes to innovation and feeders and uh, blinds. And of course, I'm a big fan of their smokers and barbecue pits as well. But uh, they've changed up some stuff. And then I also want to ask Zach about supply chain issues and the seemingly ever-increasing price of metals. So, you know, if you're in the uh, metal manufacturing business, well, these are things that you and I probably don't ever think about. But we certainly feel it when we go to hand someone the credit card and the price has gone up significantly. Uh, And that's all a reflection of raw materials and how expensive they've gotten. So uh, I do want to pull back the curtain on that and uh, and have Zach explain exactly what's been going on over the last couple of years. So lots of interesting stuff to get into with our old buddy, Zach Gates of All Seasons Feeders. And uh, for today's giveaway, and I didn't tell Zach this, but uh, I'm just going to put him on the spot. He's not really going to have a choice. <laughs> We're going to give away an ASF Bore Light. Uh, this thing retails for 130 bucks. It's perfect for serious hog hunters. Motion sensor, you just put it right there on your feeder. It's bright enough for rifle shots well beyond 100 yards. It comes on at, at dusk, essentially, and it, it just stays at a low level until it detects motion and then lights up the feeder area incrementally so it doesn't scare off your game. Pigs. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's the ASF Boar Light, and we're going to give one away. Just email the word boar, that's boar, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you are entered into today's All Seasons Feeders Boar Light giveaway. All right, let's knock out that break. Up next, Zach Gates joins us right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Gotta go now, baby. If I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. Time to tell you about Protect products. Veteran-owned and made in the USA, Protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, Energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system, and one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep sleep and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback, and the cool thing is they don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue. They also have an easy-to-use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field. For more info, head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup. That's Protect P-R-O. T-E-K-T dot com. It's that time of the year where you might want to try to kick off a new year with a fitness journey. Cryo and More has all your holistic healing needs with cold therapy, heat therapy, and pressure therapy, which shortcuts the time you have to spend recovering from your workout or minimize the muscle soreness you feel from physical activity. Cryo Skin is a body hack that speeds up the death cycle of the fat cells using non-invasive technology that uses heat and cold to eliminate fat cells. Your greatest wealth is your health. Visit cryoandmore.com or head over to the location off of Virginia Parkway in McKinney. DC bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. I'm Cable Smith. Back in black, baby. That one. Uh, I think that's that might be older than me. I was born in '81. 
Back in Black come out. Let's look that up. Uh, 1980. Jeez, that thing's over 40 years old. Uh, and I was raised on that classic country and classic rock. I still don't deviate from that script very much, but uh, thanks to my dad for George Jones and Merle and ZZ Top and this, which certainly still stands up over four decades later. Um, we're about to bring on our good friend Zach Gates of All Seasons Feeders. This segment, though, is brought to you by the new Vortex Cloud Shaker rain jacket. You know, spring is here. Where I live in North Texas, that means very frequent torrential downpours. Have no fear, though. The Cloud Shaker is 15K rated to keep that rain off of you. It's not going to penetrate. You know, some little rain jackets, yeah, they look cute and everything. And then you put them on and bam, you're soaked. Like 10 minutes later, it's gone through the jacket. Not this one. Nope. Uh, rated for 15K. Also, pit zips to dump that excess body heat. We know that the spring humidity can be sweltering as well. And uh, the cool thing is, is it folds up in an internal pocket to like this little tiny pouch. So easy to transport. You can save 20% off all Vortex apparel, including the Cloud Shaker, with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at vortexoptics.com. And with that being said, let's bring him on right now, making his return to the program, Zach Gates, second generation owner of All Seasons Feeders. It's great to have you back on, man. Hey, Cable. How you doing, sir? I'm good. You'll have to uh, excuse the mess. It's like the closet here in the uh, recording studio threw up because I just got a new I got a new gun safe in there. So everything had to come out and I had my uh, my brother's whole family was over for Easter. And I was like, hey, guys, since you're eating my food and drinking my beer, you're gonna help me move this gun safe in here. So like real fast, I had to take everything out of the closet and just still here, just sitting there. So it's a disaster in here. I can tell your wife don't go into this room. Well, my wife was just in here a second ago putting shims under the new gun safe. So I was putting <laughs> oh, her to wow. work. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. I'm impressed. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. Uh-huh. How, um, was How was y'all's Easter? It was great. Yeah. I smoked four racks of ribs on the uh, All Seasons pit. The big one. The, the, I, I just call it the big big ass double one i don't know what the yeah. official name of it is we call it the, uh, we we call it it's it's technically the 4820 firebox smoker aka the big, big ass dog. double one yeah 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 but we call it the big dog here yeah in, uh, manufacturing so, so uh, yeah so did uh fired that thing up and had the whole family over it was uh it was a great day went to church that morning and uh yeah it was a wonderful easter how about you guys uh, about the same spent it at the ranch had a bunch of family come down we Cooked ate a lot of fajitas, uh, mm. pellet grilled them. Used that pellet grill on them, and and uh, just had a good, good relaxing weekend. So the weather so, was nice, and it was good. Kids played a lot. Yeah, ate a lot. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. So I want to ask you, what do you prefer, the pellet grill or the firebox slash smoker? Man, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of leaving the pellet grill world right now. I'm going back to it's like the nostalgia of a a stick burner, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. pellet grill it's fun it's easy it's quick but on the weekends i don't know you kind of miss you miss baby babysitting the pit a little bit you know yeah and so yeah. Get, getting back into uh we just redesigned all of our smokers and and uh the whole the charcoal grills you know and working on a new design for the pellet grills right now but 
um man i'm kind of going back to the back to the stick burner you know uh, oh, yeah. putting the pellet grill to the side for a little bit and i don't know just i really enjoy there's something about it man it's different you know it's 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 not plugging it in turn it on setting a temperature you know it's uh, but i i think that has its place too and the traditional barbecue enthusiasts are like blasphemy blasphemy you're you can't you can't barbecue or smoke stuff on a pellet smoker you know but dude there's a time and place especially if you're leaving and it's like ooh, i don't have to babysit this you know i can just plug it in and come back in four hours and it'll be perfect weekdays yeah so weekdays i run the pellet grill and weekends is a smoker you know yeah. and on the way home i'll uh you know, ask the wife, hey, go, can you go plug it in and, and turn it on and set it to this temp? <laughs> By the time I get home, you know, it's you throw the meat on and, and, and get to rolling, you know? It's like yeah. so routine. Everything's such a routine and, you know, hustle and bustle during the week that weekends, like, I want to take my time. I want to babysit. I want to enjoy the smoker, you know? I enjoy it. My wife, like, if I'm trying to get lucky, it's like three showers. If I'm really out there and then smoking, she's like, you still stink. You still stink. I'm like, but I made all this delicious food for you. Like what's going on here? She's like, take another shower. Yeah. So, oh man. There's that. She's like, put all of your clothes that you wore while you were smoking meats today in the laundry room. Don't even bring them into our closet. Just straight to the laundry room with you. You disgusting man. So. Even yeah. out. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I love, I love it. I actually use the one that I use the most is the one I've had the longest. I think it's like a 24 by 16, maybe, or just the single box. Um, oh, that's a 24 by 20, the pedestal 24 by 20. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah, because usually I'm just smoking from my family of five. So I don't need a, we had like 15 people over on Easter. So I didn't, you know, I usually don't use the, the big dog as you called it. Uh, the other one's plenty for us. I mean, I use that one religiously. Yeah, it's kind of that's one of my favorites too. But you've had that one for quite you've had that so one for had, like five seven years. longer. Yeah. I don't know when whenever you guys first released it is when I, oh, I think I got man. one of the that year. Yeah, that's probably probably eight eight plus years old. Well, we need to get you a new one. I we'll get those back. You can list those on Facebook. You can autograph them and sell them on Facebook, <laughs> and then I'll get you some new ones. So we got I, some cool I won't sell them. I'll just I'll say, hey, uh go like all seasons uh asf smokers page and you're entered you know share the post and then you're entered and as long as you come pick it up you entered to win hey there you go that's a good yeah. idea yeah. yeah i'll be on board with that yeah so, but yeah we need to get a new one get some new ones up there too yeah to, to so i want to talk about the redesign but first let's go back to last week because we were in camp together hunting down in the valley in south texas um Uteria ranch right right next to the King Ranch. You're hunting Nilgai. And yeah. I was doing a annual turkey hunt I do with my buddy Chisholm. Uh, and he brought his two oldest daughters and I took two of my kids down there. But you shot a Nilgai bull. Um, what caliber did you take down there? Uh, actually had a 338 Winchester Magnum. Um, huh. kind of you really, you kind of struck me as more of like a 6.5 Creedmoor guy. Oh God. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Listen, listen, dude. I'm I'm mainly a Matthews guy. Okay. Uh, yeah. And this gun, and you are correct. You're correct. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I, I am a six five guy. I'm a six five guy. I, I love I love my Christensen six five, and that's all I use on the ranch. Um, even dad, you know, dad gave up his old 
two, two, three and moved over to the six, five world. It works. It works good for us down there. I know, yeah. I know all, all that, but uh, no. So um, yeah, whenever you called me, I guess it was two weeks before the hunt said you were mm-hmm. going and uh, worked out kind of perfect where uh, they did have one, one spot available, but um, yeah. So that the gun I took, I, we went down there when we, when we went, dad and I went probably four years ago, you know, got hunting on a ranch close by. And I think we showed up with probably 308 or something, you know, right. and, uh, kind of the, the manager was like, Hey, that's, you know, it's a little, a little small, you know, a little small for what we like. And mm-hmm. we ended up using one of their guns. Uh, so we enjoyed it so much. We actually ended up purchasing some nail guy and, and putting them on our place. Uh, just cause they're, man, they're, they're very interesting animal animals. Uh, yeah way they run you know they, they almost look like a giraffe running and whenever... my kids were fascinated by that dude they were like why does that thing run like that i'm like I, you know sweetheart that's just this you're explaining this to an eight-year-old that's just the way god made it like I, they're, <laughs> they're from india then i was like but where they live in india it's flat too so because they were like maybe it helps them run up mountains and i was like nah i don't, I don't think that's it <laughs> maybe it helps them run away from tigers maybe i don't know some but, things are just that way just because yeah. they you yeah. know but uh no i love i love hunting new guy i love eating new guy i personally uh you know access and new guy is pretty much all all that's in our freezer and on our table um of course we'll throw a, a beef steak in there you know from time to time but man it's it's hard to it's hard to beat new guy and, and access me that's mm-hmm. kind of that's our go-to so if you have new guy on your own ranch what was the why, why go hunt somewhere else so it's kind of like I go, I go all dead hunting in West Texas hmm. every year, and I go after him with a bow. Where I could, I could find a place, and I could say, I, say I put Neil got, I mean, say I put all dead on our property, right? Mm-hmm. I could hunt them, right? But it's not, it's not the same. It's 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 the geography's different, you know, to where. Mm-hmm. I, Neil, I mean, Neil guy in, in the Valley obviously is not their homeland, but it might as well be. I mean, they've been kind of, it is to us, right? Yeah. Right. It kind of is to us. Exactly. And there's a lot of memories that I have going with, uh, my dad, you know, from five years ago and he's still alive today, but those were fun. And just the area, Mm -hmm. the setting, the, the culture is a little bit different, you know, and, uh, the brush is obviously different than where our place is at and that's where i want to hunt neil guy and if i'm gonna go hunt all dead i'm gonna go to west texas the roughest mountains i can find in texas and i'm gonna hunt all dead there i'm not gonna go to you know another a, a flatland you know pierce all texas yeah. property go hunt all dead it's just that's not that's not what i enjoy doing you know mm-hmm. so yes i can hunt uh all i want on our place but also we um you know we feed a lot and we're managing our own herd and we do, we do hunts on our place, but, uh, we also trap and sell, you know, a lot of our exotics. And mm-hmm. so it's hard to, I know it makes no sense, but I don't want to shoot. I don't want to shoot one of our animals that we're going to be, you know, selling for X yeah. amount. You don't want to get rather. high on your own supply. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You never get, I get high it. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun to like that, that area, the King Ranch, the Uteria, neighboring ranches in, in that part of the world. That's a destination for not just Texans. People come from all over the country 
to hunt nil guy in that region. Hell, the other guy that was in camp with us was from Maryland. Yeah, exactly. Freaking Maryland, you know, like. Well, and, and that's, but what you're talking about there, that's another reason that I like going, you know, these experiences, new experience, they stick in your head, you know, mm-hmm. to where if I just go shoot an animal at the ranch to where yeah. I go to the ranch every weekend and I say I shoot a new guy, it's not, it's not going to be, memorable. I'm not going to meet new people and yeah. uh, have new stories, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it was fun to go hang out with you and Chisholm and, and y'all's kiddos and, and meet the other guy and meet the guides and you know see new country like i mean that's that's all you know it's all the journey right like oh, yeah. the nil guy the nil guy hunt you know shooting the nil guy was such a it wasn't you know there's so many nil guy on that property mm-hmm. but the people that i met and hanging out with y'all down there is what sticks in my head you know i mean it was midnight and we were up talking about theology and having yeah. a great conversation, you know, like, I don't know how we got from dinner to there, but like, those are the things that you, that stick with me. Uh, exactly. No. Yeah. And I went home and like, that's what I went home and, and shared some of those stories that we talked about with, with my wife and, uh, learned some new things and, you know, just talking with you and Chisholm and hearing everybody's stories. It's yeah. kind of how, how we improve and move forward, meeting new people, learning new things and hearing other people's experiences. And I mean, that's, that's what 100%. makes the, the hunt, hunting camp or, you know, as a kid on a lease, you know, I, those are some of my best memories on a, on a lease. You know, we didn't have our own property and it was down in Jordan 10 and all my uncles and, you know, kind of family friends. We had one campfire in the, in the center and everybody had like a little 12 by probably 20, like everybody built their own little shack, you know, Mm -hmm. 12 by 20. And they placed them all around the campfire. And man, it was just like, it was the best childhood, you know, every weekend during hunting season, dad, me and you talked about this. Dad would pick, pick up, pick me up early on Friday and we head to the hunting lease, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you, you talked about how you, you know, your kids don't, they don't miss the opening day. They're not at school on opening day. No, no. And I I love that, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of how my childhood was right on. Well, Hey, let's do this uh, because I want to continue this conversation. I think it's important when it comes to our kids, especially, uh, yours are a little younger than mine and we don't have our own ranch. So things, it's not the same equation, but when you do have a place and you have all of the amenities and modern technologies, how do we get these kids invested in, in getting out of that atmosphere and into the woods. Uh, plus, we'll get into uh, West Texas bow hunting for Audad, which uh, I'm looking forward to. That segment was brought to you by Mossberg Firearms. Whether you're shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor, like my man Zach here, or a big boy gun, like my 300 Win Mag, the Patriot rifle lineup has the caliber for everyone. I actually just ordered uh, the girls a 243 Bantam, so uh, a youth model 243. So if you're getting a new shooter or a young person involved or a small person, uh, yeah, they've got you covered there too. 22 to 50 up to a 375 Ruger. It's the Mossberg Patriot. You can find it at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor I Show. My pride intact, but you set my heart on fire before you gave it back. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. 
At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Did you know that Orvis has been family-owned since its inception in 1856? Think about that. Uh, they also donate 5% back to protecting nature. Orvis and his customers have raised and donated more than $20 million to protecting nature over the past 25 years. They continue to grow a community of outdoorsmen and women with classes focused on everything from fly fishing to wing shooting and hunting dog handling from basics all the way to advanced. And don't forget about their unique fly fishing and wing shooting trips all over the world. Orvis, proudly American-made fly fishing gear since 1856. It's a great day to be alive indeed. Travis Tritt bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. I'm Cable Smith. Uh, that wasn't an accident. You know, Travis Tritt, not drinking any Bud Light anymore. Uh, me neither. Not that I was anyway. It's pee-pee water. But I did enjoy, uh, you know, an nice Stella Artois or even Bud Heavy. Didn't bother me either. But no more Anheuser-Busch here. And, I, and let me be very clear. I don't care what you do when you're 18 years old. You have one life to live. Do whatever you want. Mutilate yourself if it makes you happy. I really don't care. And two years ago, nobody cared until you started forcing it down my throat and trying to put it in our schools. That stuff, uh -uh, that isn't going to fly. So, uh, yeah, two middle fingers up to Anheuser-Busch and uh, two thumbs up to Travis Tritt. Some hunters may not agree with my take, and uh, I really don't care because they probably vote blue anyway and if you're voting blue and you call yourself a hunter uh major conflict of interest because 99 percent of 99.9 percent of anti-gun and anti-hunting legislation are introduced by that side and they're also the ones proliferating this uh transgender bs to our kiddos so do what you want when you're an adult don't shove it in my face all right, uh, rant over. This segment is brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. They put their money where their mouth is day in and day out, more so than any other pro hunting group on the planet. And they're doing it domestically and internationally. So I'm a proud member. I encourage you to check it out. If you're not already, you can head over to safariclub.org for more information. All right, Zach, well, let's pick it back up. You know, we were talking about deer camp memories and those being the best of times that we're both trying to make for our kiddos now as fathers, but that, that comes with its own hurdles here in 2023. Everybody at dinner, everybody ate outside together and shared stories and about the hunt that day. And those are things that I'm trying to figure out as my kids get older. I want them to experience that, you know, it's a little bit different having our own piece of property. So you almost have to, you have to create that setting uh, mm -hmm. in a way to where we're in a habit of going down there and we got Wi-Fi down there. We know we got all the finer things of today's world, which that's cool. But man, like, how can I have, how can I 
create an experience for my kids when they start getting into hunting. Well, mm -hmm. my oldest, she's four and a half. She's about to I'm gonna start teaching her to shoot here soon. But how can I create that exterior, that simple, that simple hunting experience for them, you know? Yeah. In a place yeah. that has all those amenities to where, you know, they're going, oh, you know, got TV in there. Why are we outside by a fire? You know, like, no, this is not, yeah. this is, you know, this is, is you're trying to create the experience. And so those are, those are things I think about all the time. But uh, anyways, that's, you know, those campfire stories that that's what, that's what, uh, that's what I love about going to new places to hunt, meeting new people. Um, mm. Of course the hunt too, but I mean, that's the coolest, that's the coolest part. Just meeting the people, sharing the stories. I, so we don't, obviously I don't have my own place, but I have uh, all seasons feeders, blinds, uh, you know, campfire pits scattered all over Texas and Oklahoma on various leases. And uh, we got on this new place this year uh, out by uh, Knox City. And everyone out there has, you, you were talking about the shacks that you guys built, you know, around the, the campfire, the central camp location where everyone gathered. Well, everyone at, on my lease, and there's like 12 people, 12 guys, and it's 4,000 acres. They all, they all have campers. And I, I, got, I was late to the, I was late getting on there. I think I put my blind up, uh, the big chingone, I think went up like the first week of August. And I just didn't, I didn't have time and really hadn't budgeted to buy a camper. You know, it's like, um, it's an expensive deal. And then finding the right one it's well, it's got to sleep five people so the whole family can go. So Henry and I roughed it in a tent the whole season. And, uh, while it was cold and, you know, we had like buddy heaters in there at night and stuff and we slept on a blow up mattress. I think he'll remember those moments for the rest of his life. And he'll be like his buddies might be telling them about, you know, something they did. And he's like, well, listen to how hard I am, man. When I was a kid, it was like 10 degrees and I was sleeping in a tent. And then we went up and we went, we got up and we went duck hunting the next morning. And then that afternoon we went deer hunting, you know what I mean? Like, but, it, but also, and I don't know where you live if it's like this, but so my kids go to public school and Henry does not like to talk about hunting to his buddies. It, it's not that he doesn't want to, but none of them do it, man. None of them. They're in a kid in his class that goes hunting and 18 kids in fourth grade. To me, that is pathetic and sad. And so it's like, he almost feels like while he loves to do it, it's like, hmm, are my friends going to think I'm weird because I kill any, kill stuff and then we eat it, you know? Whereas when we were kids, there wasn't the stigma. And certainly when our parents were kids, I mean, they, they, they had guns in the back of their trucks in the school parking lot. Yeah, and shotgun shells and mm -hmm. everything else. But, you know, you you saying that, I'm thinking even on the, you know, I'm out of San Antonio, but on the southeast side, outside of town, you know, but where I went to school, I would call it like country, you know, but right. there was probably, there wasn't many kids that, that hunt at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe five, maybe 10% of the school, you know, mm -hmm. it probably hunt. So yeah, I think, I don't know, as you get more inner city, yeah, you're probably gonna see less and less of that, but he should at least, uh, man, it'd be cool if you could kind of prep him to, open conversation to his friends well now you know? his teachers and stella's teachers the two that i took turkey hunting they all damn well knew what they were doing 
Like I told them, I said, they will not be in school Monday through Wednesday because they're going turkey hunting with me. So like they, they asked when they got back, you know, their teachers asked them. So I think, you know, he had to kind of open up to the, to the class about it at that point, which I think was a good thing. And now when his friends come over because he's killed, uh, two bucks now and he's got one shoulder mount and he's got a European mount and they're hanging in his room. And at first he was like, Oh, my friends are going to think I'm weird if I have these dead animals in here. And then his friends were like, dude, you shot that, you know, that is cool. And then he was like, okay. And so now he, he likes to show them to his friends. If, if he's close enough to like where they're coming to our house, then he's, then he's open with it. Well, you walk in the door and there's dead animals everywhere. So the cat's out the bag, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Oh man. Well, I think no matter how much it's, you know, covered up, say they don't, they don't, they don't, might not be exposed to, to hunting or, you know, supplying their own meat, you know, but yeah, I think it's almost like a natural instinct or curiosity about it to where they walk in the door and go, whoa, what, you know, yeah. what is this? Well, <laughs> everything we eat, you know, we harvest ourselves. Mm. And, you know, I mean, that's just, uh, I don't know, there's something natural about it that I think, that might spark something to where when they're 18, 20, start to get on their own, they start maybe getting into, even though their dad or mom didn't get them into hunting, you know, mm -hmm. being around a buddy that did hunt, that exposed them to it. Maybe they start getting into it when they're 18, 20, or a little bit older and, you know, start, start going out. And yeah. Uh, his stuff. best friend down the street. Um, so Henry, that Turkey that he shot while you were there, what was the first thing he ever killed with a shotgun? Because, you know, he's shooting off of sticks and I'm pretty comfortable with that. And I'm certainly comfortable with him shooting out of the big chingon or a pop-up or whatever, where the rifle's pointed towards uh, a feeder, probably right. a 600 pound stand and fill. And I can control that. Right. But when you give a kid a shotgun and said, Hey, let's go dove hunting. That's a little, I mean, the danger element certainly is infinitely higher than, a shotgun pointed in one, I mean, a rifle pointed in one direction. Yeah. And so he has a 410. And I think now that he's shot the turkey, he's like, okay, I want to go dove hunting. And I was like, okay, there's a real big learning curve here. So you can, you know, you're going to have one shell in a pump action gun. You can shoot one shot at a time. I think that's how it's going to go. And I said, you know, you're going to shoot in one direction too. Like, you know, 180 yeah. degrees only. We're not going to be swinging the shotgun around. Uh, but anyway, his buddy, who is over here all the time. He's his dad doesn't hunt, but he's good. They're good family friends. And he, he asked, he's like, um, can I go dove hunting with you guys? I was like, of course. Yeah. So him, him and Henry just watched me this past season, but they had a blast dude. Uh, and so, you know, it was fun to take one of those kids that had never been exposed to that out there and just can watch the dog and, and take it all in. Now, I mean, I'm sure that by the time that kid is a teenager, he's going to be like, I want to go hunting, you know? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you got two extra bird dogs too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, because you said this is something you're passionate about is the West Texas all dad hunting with a bow. I, I have gone out there and hunted mule deer and all dad and like the Davis mountains. I think we, I think we flew into El Paso and then we were in Hudspeth County. Um, so what all dad are hard enough to kill with a rifle. I mean, you, sometimes you have to take a long shot four or 500 yards. You can get closer, but so what is it like trying to chase those things through in that terrain with a stick and string? Cause I've never undertaken that. It's almost, um, 
the whole time when you're when you're looking at these animals, say a thousand plus yards away, right? And you're glassing them up and you're down on you're down on the floor looking up, you know, they might be kind of at the at the bottom or the mid or the very top of of, of the mountains. And I think uh kind of out there by towards Presidio, like Shafter mine area. Um it's like south of Marfa. Mm-hmm. Um I think the peak's at like 70. I don't know, I don't want to lie, but a little over 7,000, right? Yeah. Elevation. So, and the base of the mountains, I, I don't know, you know, probably a couple thousand, thousand feet maybe, but you're sitting there looking at these animals and there's one ram that you consider a shooter ram, right? Um, just an old mature ram with a group of 20, 50, 200 <laughs> around him you know yeah you're sitting there going okay so even if i do figure out how to get downwind of them because you really need to come over the top of them uh-huh. right say i get up to the top and everything's set up just right then i got to figure out how to get within say 70 or 80 yards without those 50 100 500 eyeballs catching me yeah you know and figure out how to slip an arrow in there right i mean it's it's almost you almost have to have a perfect miracle happen you know and this past year i wasn't able to get on with the bow heck i don't even think i got within 120 yards one with a bow you know but the year before Man, it kind of just worked up perfect. We were going after one and came up over this ridge. And at 57 yards, these two big, mature uh, ball dad were just sitting there kind of like they weren't really fighting. They are about to fight. They kind of like they, they line up next to each other. They get side by side. But you know, one's heads to the other's ass and they're kind of sizing each other up. Well, this big boy was just, he was kind of, it just worked. It really worked out perfect. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they stepped apart. They're about to start, you know, ramming and, uh, 57 yards, put one in him. He actually had no clue where it came from because the wind was perfect and everything. He ran down this little kind of this little Ridge straight back up to us and saw us and cut off to the my left and as he was running away i was able to actually put another one in him the old texas heart shot oh, and nice. uh he he ended up going i don't know probably another 200 yards and fell over but he was a that was a 35 and a half inch all dead like that's, oh my gosh oh uh, just a monster, monster. like i'm yeah. talking like once in a lifetime type of deal right? 35 is incredible like you don't pass on a 32 then you so, if you see a 32 or 33 you're like ooh, that's one we need to go after you know like 35 is monstrous so callan a buddy of mine who i went with he probably runs oh maybe a hundred maybe more uh i believe he told me all dead hunts out there a year yeah. um this is this was the biggest all dead he's killed in the last three years or so wow. right the biggest and all the hunts have all been rifle all the hunts the stars this aligned the, this was the first 
all dead bow hunt he's done out there i mean the place is forty thousand acres the ridge line you know the, the mountain line is dude i don't even it, it runs through the whole place right i yeah. mean it's it's uh it this is true west texas right i mean it's just as far as your eye can see from out there there's there's nothing yeah um so yeah he and even after so get this i took a buddy with me and that was the second day the second evening we were able to get on this all dead got him down my buddy was like well since we got a few more days here i'll try one he brought his bow as well and Callan, he said, Hey, I want to get something straight with both y'all. Like, this is something that you can't, you can't expect, you know, if y'all rebook with me next year, you can't expect this to happen. And we're like, no, 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 we understand. Like in your and, mind, you're like, yeah, this whatever. We're going to come back and do it again next year. Dude, no, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part of that was, you know, we're thinking, but at the same time, like, you know, if you're, you're just looking at these animals going, how in the world am I ever going to even close the distance on them? You know? Yeah. Like, you know, to get within 200 yards in itself is quite a challenge. That's you a know? close rifle shot on an all dead 200 yards. Yeah, that, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's the closest. Right. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes if you have them, if you're sitting on top and you have them just come up the side over the ridge, uh, which actually where I'm getting to. So we, that next morning we set out, he wanted to hike to the top of this kind of mesa. So we get up the top of there, took us a couple hours and, uh, we start glassing around, kind of walking this ridge line, glassing, you know, to see. We, we see some off at 1,000, 1,200 yards. Got a few groups picked out. They're fighting, and you can hear them even at that far away. These two are fighting. You can just hear their heads just clashing together. It's pretty cool. Um, so we sit down, lean up against these rocks. We're having lunch, and my buddy, he turns to look, and he freezes. He goes, hey, is this one a shooter? And this, this guy's at 40, 45 yards, literally came up. And that that's what we walked that ridgeline probably an hour earlier. Look down, look down in the valley. I mean, you can see miles, right? Mm -hmm. And there was nothing. He had to be in like a little cave or something right right below us there. Because we walked that, we looked at that, we you know, glassed that whole area. And then an hour later, this guy comes popping up from an area. We were just, you know, sitting and glassing up. And uh, I don't know. Did I show you the video of this? That's, mm -mm. I don't think I showed you the video no. the other day. So, yeah, I was I was showing our guide on the Neil guy hunt. But my buddy kind of twists around, knocks an arrow, draws back. And Callan, the guy, he had it or the outfitter. He had he fitted the whole thing on his on his phone. Dude, it was the most beautiful like shot you've ever seen. You see the arrow flying through the air. And just smokes him like hard shot, you nice. know, right at right at forty. I think it was forty two or forty three yards. Uh -huh. And all you see is this animal on this rock, and there's nothing else in the background, right? Just blue sky. <laughs> I mean, he's like literally on a ridge, and that arrow just blows right through him, and he runs forty yards and, and falls over. So, in two days or three days, we smoked two all dead with a bow, and this past year we couldn't even get. You know, I guess we went in November. We couldn't even get within 150 yards of one, you know? So did I mean, you break out the rifle at that point? Yeah, I brought out the six five, six five and did some work. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah right so now I ended up shooting a nice one. Not a and he even said, he said, dude, this is this is absolutely crazy that uh 
you know, the next day we're able to get one with a bow, much less the biggest one that I've ever seen on this whole property, you know, yeah. and uh, he does mule deer hunts out there. He does. They've actually seen it an eland at the very peak of this but the, the highest point wow, on this an eland man an eland yeah he's huh. he's he shot a couple out there shot one and seen a few there's scimitar out there it's just man it's like uh it's it's almost like you know how you go to rock springs and you don't know what you're going to have come out in front oh of you. yeah you know it's just west texas kind of kind of that way too you know he's yeah. he's like man we've seen quite a few he's had elk out there you know um so it's kind of dude those west texas elk hunts are well it's supply and demand right uh they're expensive oh yeah i want i want to shoot i'd love to shoot a, a free-ranging elk in texas absolutely uh, but those things are they're going for like 10 12 grand these days yeah and the way i i mean i usually just go for well now just to do a public land hunt the, the tags are dang near a thousand bucks in whatever western state you want to go to have you done that yet um you're a bow hunter have you gone I've uh, gone to where oh just out west during the during the the rut and when they're bugling uh, no and i i want to i've gone to um i i, I shot a nice bull i shot a bull uh 3.99 with my bow he was a big boy up in Idaho. Um, but I haven't done, I put in for some elk, elk tags and actually I drew a good unit in New Mexico. Yeah. And the hunt was when my daughter, it was a week after my daughter was born. My first, Bye. My, dude, <laughs> man, I, if it was the second kid, I'd have gone first kid, you know, and, uh, Dude, okay, Man, well, I, if it was the Gila, I'm gonna slap you. If no, it was the Gila, it wasn't, it wasn't the Gila. It wasn't okay. the Gila. It was another good unit, though. I mean, there's uh, a chance you have a third kid. It's, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. Yeah, <laughs> if it was, if it was the second kid, I'd have definitely gone for sure. Yeah, uh, I'd have told my wife I'll get my bonding time when I get back. But uh, no, so then another another fun haunt that I God I I loved I loved it was the uh, the rock the uh, ibex in the Floridas mm. in, in New Mexico. Yeah. So that one, I got drawn for that one and went and spent a couple of weeks out there. Uh, those are interesting creatures. Did man. you get one? No, no, no. I, <laughs> I sent a few arrows, but, yeah. uh, never, no, never. And I mean, it's probably just as hard as hunting Audad with the bow. Oh, dude, way harder. Yeah. Way, way harder, man. The Floridas are like, it's a different ball game. Uh, and then on top of just trying to scale cliffs and rocks to get semi close to them, you, you're literally always running into rattlesnakes, like huh. nonstop out there. I don't know why there's so many snakes, but I can't tell you how many snakes walked up on. Um, I'm on the side of the side of a just like steep cliff, you know, mm. there's a, there's only, there's a small like 12 inch walking trail that I was kind of walking on to get just across this little area. And there's a freaking rattlesnake, like a three and a half foot rattlesnake on this single trail. Dude, that, like, the, the rattlesnakes aren't supposed to be up in the mountains, man. I know. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. But that's why I stay are. in the uh, Sangre de Cristos where they're, you know, you don't run into snakes up there at 10, 11,000 feet. Yeah. No, it's true. True. Yeah. So, but uh, no, I haven't, you know. You're, I, you're young and in shape. You would love to. I mean, so when you shot the one in Idaho, was that, you said it with a bow. What What time of year was that? That was in um, 
that was in August. It was on a it was on a game ranch. Okay, it was a ten thousand acre game ranch. Right on. So, yeah, but you but, should. I mean, uh, you need to do it while you. I mean, you're big bow. You like bow hunting enough to go chase Audad with the damn thing. You you need oh, to yeah. go, go chase no, a bugling bull. No, I I. But you're gonna is... be you'll be addicted to it because you asked me like how you're you're more of a passionate bow hunter than I am. You know, you asked me off the air, and I told you like I hunt with a bow during bow season. But my favorite thing to do, bar none, is chase elk in September with a bow. Like that is if you said you could only do one thing. That would be it. And uh, it's not easy. I mean, it's the most physically, mentally grueling thing I think you can put yourself through. So I've never done a true, like, uh, a sheep hunt in Alaska. That's probably, like, the idea of being socked in your tent for seven or eight days because of the weather and just sitting there in your tent. Yeah. That would be mentally, like, whew, that would be boring and yeah. frustrating. But, uh, but yeah, I know elk hunting and the, the true, like, DIY elk hunt in September with a bow anywhere out west is man, it's tough to beat. Tough to beat. Um, well, hey, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. I want to come back and uh, talk about some of the latest stuff from all season. Sound good? Sounds good. Perfect. That segment brought to you by Numa Outdoors and the Renegade Quarter Zip Pullover. My pick for turkey season. Highly breathable. It's going to keep you cool and dry uh, especially i mean in the south it gets dang hot during spring turkey season uh, so check it out it's the renegade quarter zip pullover and you'll save 20 percent off all numa apparel with that promo code lone star 20 when you check out at numaoutdoors.com we'll be right back on sci's lone star outdoors show like blue bonnets in the spring we're only here for a little while it's beautiful and bitter. Hey guys, Cable here for Armasite. If you're looking to light up the night, whether that's with thermal or night vision, then you need to head over to Armasite.com. That's where you can find all of the thermal and night vision monoculars, uh, thermal weapon sights, and of course, night vision nods. Yeah, those cool looking helmets, the one that I have. Yeah, buddy. You can find them over at Armasite.com. They've got it all right there. And... Even better than that, they've got some new stuff coming down the pike, like the 640 contractor. I've got the 320, 640, even better. You can find it all at armorsite.com. I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Wow. We live in crazy times when it comes to censorship on social media. And if you're a gun owner and a hunter, and if you're proud of those things and you post about those things, then you're already on the blacklist. You're getting censored. You might not even know it. Take it from me. I had my Instagram page deleted for an entire month for no reason last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That kind of stuff doesn't happen over at Go Wild. It's a community of people who love to hunt, fish, and cook their wild game. They also love guns. If you want to be a part of that kind of place where you're not getting censored, where they actually promote posts with that kind of content, 
Just go to download Go Wild. It's a free app. I absolutely love it. You'll see me there posting every day. So come on, join the conversation at Go Wild. Cause you're smiles about as wide as Texas. And your picture on my dash keeps me moving so fast. They'll pass up to Memphis. I used to carry this load all along and never get to where I was going. Brand new one there from a boy named Sue. Heart in motion. Love that tune. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg. It's great to be here with you, and we will continue our conversation with All Seasons Feeder Zach Gates momentarily. This segment, though, brought to you by my friends over at Big & J Whitetail Attractants. Took some uh, to die for down to South Texas a couple weeks ago uh, when I was hunting with Zach. Put that stuff out, and I... I it's all free range, 10,000 acre range, no, 15,000 acre range. We had Nilgai, we had Waterbuck, we had Whitetail, Hogs, Turkey, you name it. They all came to the to die for. And how do I know this? Because well, I put a camera <laughs> right where I spread it out. So check it out. It's to die for. You can find it at bigandj.com. All right. Uh, well, Zach, thanks for sticking around through the break, brother. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier when we first got going here about the uh smoker barbecue pit line and some stuff being redesigned so walk us through that because i've you know i've got two of them on the back patio two smokers and a pellet grill uh to me it's like well if it's not broke don't fix it so i don't know how you're improving on them so now that we've been selling pits for quite a while now and you know i've no design in my eyes can never be improved on. Well, you right. are a tinkerer. I know that about you. You're always looking to improve on things that I'm like, all right, you asked me what, what needs to be improved about this? And I'll be like, nothing. It looks great. It works fine. You know, I don't know how you can make it better. Well, and I, I think that's, um, that's, that's what makes me really enjoy my job, uh-huh. uh, is, you know, whenever I, whenever I'm up late at night, excited about a new design, whether it's a new design or a, just a redesign, you know, that's, um, that's what tickles my fancy, I guess to say, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what gets me giddy. And then, you know, designing it, bringing it from AutoCAD, uh, to the shop, to cutting it, to breaking it, that whole process is what I love the absolute most. Um, and then kind of to the final product and, and then testing of it. But, you know, so for the barbecue pits, they've worked great. Um, they, they're, they're a good design. Uh, I would, I feel safe to say that we are one of the first that started with the octagon design pits, even to the point to where, when we met with some of the bigger players, the bigger box stores, um, they were a little skeptical how the octagon design would do in their stores uh-huh. because traditionally the round barrel style pit right i mean there's there's still you know a lot of people that do really good quality round pits today we just wanted to when you saw an all-season smoker we wanted you we wanted to know instantly you know well, that's interesting why is there not you know why is an mm-hmm. octagon shape for a barbecue pit um the reason we went octagon initially was because you have more usable workspace so you can have the top and bottom grill if you're on a round pit, 
just kind of the widest part of the pit, you're going to have one size grate. But if you go up, say, a six inch gap between the, you know, that grate and the next grate, the top grate has to be smaller, right? Yeah. So on an, on an octagon pit, we can have all of our grates interchangeable to where if you want the top one, you know, the, our top grates come with a smaller grate, but you can put the big one up there. You can put two small ones to fill the spot. Uh, so that was kind of a starting point. Obviously, that uh, aesthetics of it pretty sexy compared to a round pit in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over the years, we've been collecting, you know, feedback from customers on changes that they would like to make. Uh, hinges was one. Foldable front grills was one. Uh, some stainless hinges was another one. Let's see. We wanted uh, the firebox. So right now we have a what we call a evaporation tray. So right next to where you build your fire, we have a compartment where you put uh, water, apple juice, beer, whatever whatever type of liquid you would like that evaporates during the cook and helps keep everything in there moist. Well, you would have to open the firebox to fill that evaporation tray. Well, mm-hmm. now we have an outside port to where you pop a cap, fill it up uh, without ever having to open the pit up. Just little excess, uh, little little changes, subtle changes like that. Uh, people wanted kind of smoke collectors are starting to be a big thing to where versus just having, say, your smokestack come right outside, right outside the pit. Uh, now you have a smoke collector, which on ours, say you have a four by four stack, right? A hole where your smoke exits the pit. Mm-hmm. Well, now we turn that into a three and a half by 16 inch slit right that goes into this smoke collecting chamber and then it goes out the smokestack right so it helps with more and more even draw across the the whole cooking surface of the pit versus everything trying to funnel into this four inch by four inch smokestack or four inch by eight eight inch smokestack Mm -hmm. so we have uh better airflow better heat draw um we changed up you know the front grills they fold now that was kind of a big shipping issue for us is the grills you know on pallets and in crates the grills just stuck out too far and it and even in your backyard if you're wanting to just kind of stow it away while you're not using it you know open up some room it's just it's a lot more user friendly so the front grates now fold down and lock and fold up and lock you mean the external one Yes, the external, okay. yeah, the front shelf, the shelf, yeah. you know, out front. So the external one, it folds. That is convenient because I, yeah. my kids are tall enough now to where I don't worry about them like smacking their forehead on it. But my look, my nephew was over the other day and he's like totally just in la la land. And he walked right by that and he's like forehead level. And he didn't hit it, but I was like, oh my gosh, he's about to cut his head open on that thing. No, yeah. that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, actually my, my daughter's right at that, at that, that height too. So yeah. Um, no, that's so that good. is cool that you can now fold those up. Yeah. And, uh, the hinges were, you know, if over time, if, if you store your pit outside, you don't cover it, uh, those hinges could get seized up. Well, now we went to kind of a custom hinge that we cut here. It's three sixteen stainless. Um, and so the hinge is stainless, the front handles are stainless. Um, and the reason we went with stainless is because even if, even if the paint does wear off, right? 
it's still not going to have any rust. Mm -hmm. And so the, the hinges cannot rust, you know, uh, 316 stainless, great quality. And that's welded onto our 316th regular black iron pit. Uh, and everything's painted over, but still, you know, the main thing is that it's stainless, those hinges that we've seen over eight to 10 years, the hinges are the first thing to go, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to eliminate that to where you're not going to have any, any hinge issues in eight to 10 years. And even if there is, what's also kind of nice about it is if you need to swap out your lid for whatever reason, right? I, I don't know why you, you probably never would, but you can unbolt the lid, put a new lid on. And uh, so parts can be interchanged. Say mm -hmm. we come out with a new lid that has, I don't know, something cool on it. You can upgrade parts. And so that's why we're trying to think in that direction to where, you know, you can interchange parts of your pit down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, trying to think the bottom cart, you know, it's, we had square tubing legs uh down to an expanded metal grate we we got rid of that and did everything everything's laser cut and broke now uh it's not really more user friendly there's really no benefit in in that but it it is a lot sexier uh mm. it does just look look real good and um we we changed up our internal heat baffles so i don't know if you're you remember what yours look like but you got this heat baffle that runs across the whole cooking chamber of your pit with a few almost cauliflower like baffles built into it. Well, we did away with all of that. And now we just have a removable grate because customers, customers want to burn charcoal in those cook chambers. If they don't want to make, if they don't want to build a fire in their firebox, but they want to use a cook chamber chamber and put a, you know, build a charcoal fire in there or wood chip fire they want to be able to move those baffles so we we, we put those in there a uh, little bit different design versus the cauliflower cauliflower baffles adjustments we went with slit designs that um really it's almost like think of it like a infrared type heat right to where you're still getting the smoke but it's that baffles heating up evenly and distributing the heat a lot more efficiently than our uh, older design and yeah. now you can remove them completely if you want to pull them out as well okay so and if oh. and if you only want to leave you know say you got like your big one the 4820 uh firebox smoker if you want to just leave one side on uh one baffle in there and you want the left side to be a little bit hotter they're all interchangeable you can you can leave one in there uh put the other one overlap it a little bit and hang over it there's just it there's a lot more fine tuning you can do with your pit to your style of cooking and so now the, the customer is going to be able to do that versus something that we welded in solid place before and said you know work with the small baffles you got now you can you can change it to however you want whatever you know you're liking hmm. so hmm. so really customizing it to you to however you want to utilize it um yep. exactly what how is the price of materials affected, um, well, I guess number one, how, how has it affected me, the consumer over the, since COVID essentially? And then, um, number two, how has it affected production? Like as far as getting the materials? So yeah. And 
I guess that was really, we started filming that what end of 2020 or early yeah. 21. Um, as far as raw materials, you know, we seen it big, like last year we could get metal. Wasn't an issue. Um, what hit us was our foam for our deer blinds. We just yeah. literally, we had those, the guys that were in our deer blind department, they moved over, you know, we, there was, there was weeks that we would have them move them over to the feeder line, you know, the feeder, or if they could weld, move them over to the barbecue pit line uh, or paint division because we had no foam to build no, any deer blinds. Right. Well, so, I remember I, when I ordered my big chingone for the new place, um, it was, you know, we're like, yeah, it's going to be like a long time, but I, I knew a guy and he got me to the front of the line, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, and then they, and then you told me why it was is because you couldn't get the foam. Yeah. So insulate it between the polyurea, which we coat the foam with, or the, the foam, you know, itself that, uh, that was kind of the struggle in 21 and 20, you know, early 22. That's all gotten a lot better now. We don't have mm -hmm. that issue. Um, right now, there's only one or two items that we're having a hard time get our hands on. And those are for our big uh, blower feed trailers, you know, the, the units that actually pump the feed. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as metal goes, there was some metal issues, you know, but we, we were real fortunate. So, Pretty much around September, we start forecasting for the next year. And I know that's hard to do, but um, we we come up with a forecast that we send to our suppliers for the whole next year. Just so they, we have, we work with some really awesome suppliers, uh, really, really good suppliers. And so they, they'll buy, they'll buy our allotment for us and hold it. And then we pull from it. You know, on the big ticket items, right? Mm. Like, say one one type of metal. You know, a, a galvanized a twenty gauge, right? To where uh, we'll we'll send our forecast for those big items and and let our suppliers know, hey, we're expect to go through, you know, X this quarter, you know, Q two, Q three, Q four, and they'll, you know, so we start sending POs out then. So we were able to actually lock in at one point in time. So right before COVID, you could buy hot rolled steel anywhere from 27 up to 38 cents a pound, right? Mm. After COVID, yeah, towards the mid, I think it was mid to end of 2020, Steel got as high, even in 2021, steel got as high as we were paying up to a dollar 30 a pound. Wow. Yeah. So four, four times as much. Yeah. And so that, that obviously, I mean, we were doing price changes. Like I, I was getting absolutely tired of, of doing price changes. You know, when you got as many items as we do, you're sitting there going, you know, you're calculating new cost and what they're projected, what your suppliers are projected for metal to go to you know so yeah. we're fortunate and we held our pricing most of 2020 because we already had all of our uh po's locked in but what happens when we get to such an unstable time like that those suppliers they they won't lock in a price you know mm -hmm. and so they also they couldn't buy like all of 2021 we couldn't buy all the steel for that year we couldn't send a po because they couldn't even get it 
they didn't know what they were getting, you know, so we'd be out of one, you know, say 16 gauge, we'd be out of it for a month or two months. And then all of a sudden it's, Hey, our, our steel mill is going to send us, you know, hundred thousand pounds next week. And they're not going to give it all to us because they have a bunch of other customers calling and saying, where's our orders, where's our orders, you know? So it was almost like they were allocating, you know, what we would get. And so, it, I mean, it was just, it, it, it was a struggle, but it was great. I mean, it was, it was good for, it was good for our business because we had to lean up, you know, we had to lean up and get more efficient and buy new equipment and figure out how to manufacture more with, uh, with less. And, and, uh, you know, we, it pushed us to some, some new limits. And well, I got off of one deer lease and was moving everything to another one. And the guys on the previous lease were like, Hey, we'll just buy your feeders from you. We know you're friends with all seasons, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, uh, no, have you seen the, like the prices on these things is they're, they're not four ninety nine like they were years ago. You know, I'm like, because they wanted to give me like 300 bucks or 200 bucks. And I was like, and they thought it was a fair offer. And I was like, absolutely not man like the feeders are coming with me you may not you may not have the feeders right <laughs> just oh, basically yeah. giving them to you no screw that yeah the 600 stand-up bill bill you're like what 7.99 now you used to be able to buy it for basically a dollar a pound right so yeah thousand pounder i think it was a thousand bucks and 600 pounder was 600 dollars um so recently still you know right about december area still started to come down uh -huh. and uh we were actually looking at doing a possible price decrease, right? Well, that never happens. Well, usually no, I know, doesn't. I know. So well, well, this is the deal is, you know, people ask or, you know, dealers and customers ask all the time, Hey, you know, are this price going to come down now? Well, no, because our overhead's still up. Labor's up 30%. Yeah. Uh, uh, insurance, right? The utilities, gosh almighty, you know, so everything's up, all of our overhead's still up. So, you know, still coming down a little bit really doesn't offset a lot of the additional costs that we've, that we've mm. on, you know, um, but it did drop to a pretty good rate around December, January, early January, but I don't know, something's happened in the last four weeks. And so we've gone, we've gone up about 35% already. So still is, still is pushing like, a quote last week, we were around 85, 80 to 85 cents a pound on, on some items. Okay. Uh, let's, let's knock out our last break, Zach. I want to come back and talk fuel prices because Biden, the moron, just uh, announced that he's cutting domestic production again. Meanwhile, OPEC doing the same thing. That's going to come back on the consumer. And then uh, aluminum. That's kind of like your new shiny toy that you've been messing around with. Got an entire lineup of aluminum products that we'll discuss. Uh, that segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the DS4K wireless trail camera, the best cellular camera on the market. Highest video and photo quality images sent right to your cell phone. It's so simple. Data plans as low as $5 a month. You can find it at stealthcam.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I've been wasting my time, tried everything I know just to get you off my mind. 
you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then 3 Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guides scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. In the market for a compact track loader? Check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat Compact Track Loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. And Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over a hundred years. They'll do the same for you. If you're ready to take that next step and make the dream of owning your own land reality, then head over to LoneStarAgCredit.com. Ducks Unlimited invites you to the third annual Ducks Unlimited Expo presented by Purina Pro Plan at Texas Motor Speedway, May 5th through 7th. Watch the premier canine performance athletes of the dog world competing in the incredible dog challenge. Test drive a new ATV or visit the live fire shooting ranges. DUX, the show for everything outdoors. To learn more, visit duckexpo.com. Like cool yellow sky. Red telegraph line. Your Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. That's Vigilantes of Love, Black Crow, the name of that one. Uh, thanks to Mossberg, our presenting sponsor. Thanks to you for being here as we're going to wrap things up with Zach Gates momentarily. First, though, this segment of the presentation is brought to you by the good folks over at Protect Products. You know, if you work out or maybe you you spend a lot of time hiking, you're probably putting some kind of supplement in a water bottle at some point in time. Protect Products uses natural energy, natural caffeine, taurine, and here's the cool thing. It's not a powder. It comes in a little liquid pouch. You dump that into your water bottle, your Nalgene, whatever. It doesn't make a mess. I absolutely love it. It's what I use every time I hit the gym, and uh, and they've got also uh, hydration and sleep formulas as well. Check it out. It's Protect Products. And uh, yeah, two thumbs up. I dig it. Okay, uh, let's pick it back up here with a good friend, Zach Gates. How much does fuel pricing affect like your industry? Because I just saw the other day, Biden is going to limit, uh, again, domestic energy production, oil and gas. It's like, okay, well, and then you see the next day, OPEC, which is the, you know, basically Middle East, Europe, um, they they said they're going to cut they're going to cut oil by 1.16 million barrels a day. So you you combine those two things, well, now here comes summer vacation for Americans and gas I, if people aren't paying attention, gas is already going back up. Like, oh yeah. That's happening. And by summertime you're going to be back up to $4 a gallon in Texas, guarantee you. It's not on oh, accident. Yeah. It, it's no, on purpose. 
It's not on accident. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, everything, everything affects our business as, as well as it does kind of everybody across the board, you know, yeah. um, it, it costs more to eat. And I mean, every, everything, everything is obviously gone up. And so, yeah, I think one thing that we've been blessed is I try to think at what extreme measure will I give up hunting? You know, yeah. um, never. Right. Right. Exactly. So now I might not go buy a new blind or a new feeder, right. Or a new barbecue yeah. pit to get, cook my kill on, but I'm always going to hunt no matter what, even in the toughest times. That's when, that's when you're, that you're going to put that to the most use, right. Of course. To, to provide for your family. Which is um, what happened during COVID. Like Idaho no, used to have uh over the counter, elk tags like leftovers you could buy them that first that first so uh fall of 2020 dude those things sold out like that and they have ever since then it, you know more people started hunting again because it's like well what's something i can do that's cheap and i have all this free time on my hands because we're all locked down and can't do anything can't be around people well i can go outdoors go hunting or fishing so from that aspect, COVID was actually, I think, a blessing to kind of revitalize the outdoor space uh, as far as number of participants and and business wise, like it was it was really good for the industry. Yeah, no, it it really was. There's a Which lot is of shocking, you know. Yeah, a lot of people have gotten into. The, I mean, obviously, you could uh, the outdoors seemed the only place that uh, they would allow you allow you to not have to wear a mask. Right? <laughs> right. I don't know. Some places, but there's a lot of people getting into hunting and to outdoor recreation in general. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was really good, good for our business as well. But, uh, what about the, uh, what about the barrel buddy? So you've got a 15 year old barrel feeder, like so many Texans on their leases, you guys have now something to convert that into a more practical use. Yeah. So this originally started off, I still see a lot of customers submit photos with a 55 gallon barrel on seven foot legs, mm -hmm. right? And they're standing on top of a ladder or standing on their bedside, you know, the edge of their bed, bed rails to fill this 55 gallon barrel. Um, so in my eyes, I was kind of thinking those people are going to be wanting to purchase a new feeder at some point in time versus keep putting parts on it. Or it'd be really nice if they could turn those into a stand and fill. Yeah. Right. So kind of the first first things that we we worked up, we built were uh some stands, almost like like our stand and fills now, you know, the, the cage bottom with skids. Mm -hmm. We we took some of those and and did basically a squared around conversion to where you would to where you would put that barrel on top of something similar to our stand and fills now but that was hard to ship and hard to uh that really just didn't make a whole bunch of sense so we made this this feeder for uh bucky's at the time which is a 600 easy right oh, yeah. that has a thin gap to where Got two of those in oklahoma uh -huh. yeah so it has a thin gap that feed disperses out of but your pigs and you know some of your long arm long armed you know nba raccoons can reach him reach the right. plate i've seen i've seen it before but for the most part it's pretty varmint resistant 
So that design turned into a round, right? The same size as a 55 gallon barrel. Uh, it serves as the control unit and it's creating a big gap where it's hard for anything to get into the spinner plate. So you can take your barrel and turn it into a standafill by buying this 55 gallon barrel buddy, mm -hmm. right? And so it's the round bottom comes with the legs. It only sits about five inches up off the ground, but your pigs can't get to it. Uh, pretty dang varmint resistant. And it's just been a, it's a cool, it's a cool unit. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, what is, what is the MSRP on that? Uh, that one is 199. Mm -hmm. Don't catch me lying. That's um, okay. So, you know, that price point compared to buying a new feeder. Hey, if your 55 gallon barrel is not rusted out, then there's a good alternative for you. Yeah. So it comes with a timer, comes with the motor, comes with the spinner plate. Uh, it does not come with a solar panel, but, or a battery, but, um, pretty much everything is there. If you already have a 55 gallon barrel, more than likely you're already going to have a funnel in it and you're going to have a lid on it if you're using it for a feeder now. So you would take off your control unit that's on the bottom, comes with a hole saw, two inch hole saw and a jig where you can uh, drill that hole perfectly center. Um, it's a, it's a cool unit, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Uh, but yeah, you can, you turn your old 55 gallon barrel or just whatever, barrel you got around the house, turn it into a deer feeder, you know, and, mm -hmm. and fill it from the ground. And, uh, it actually throws out a, about a 40 foot radius too. It's pretty good. Pretty nice. Throws out good too. Got a few of them on our plays. I, I love, I love, mm -hmm. uh, I love them. So, uh, we're, we're almost out of time, but I did want to talk about, uh, the silverback series. I have the, uh, cargo trailer, which that thing is, I, I had a Cabela. Yeah. Uh, carrier, uh, not trailer. Um, and I had a Cabela's one that I would haul down to the beach every year. And then I got this one and it's like the Cabela's one's junk. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I didn't know it because it, it worked right. But it was rusted and it, I'd only had it three or four years, but just the quality, I was like, all right, that thing's a piece of crap. This one is, I mean, embodies the name Silverback. You think of a strong freaking I don't know if that's where it came from, silverback gorilla, but that's what I think of, like how strong those things are. Well, yes, because it's strong, but also kind of the silver, right? This so this mm. is our aluminum line, the silverback series. We have the XL, you know, the large carrier, which you know for your truck SUV. Uh, we have one that's more for a UTV, so it's a little bit smaller. Uh, but then we also have the hundred pound Hercules road feeder and the fifty pound uh, size in aluminum, right? Uh, this kind of stemmed from, so I have this Toyota, uh, oh, it's not a forerunner. Sequoia, right? Uh -huh. That's my brand rig. So I got an old Toyota Sequoia and on the front, I have a hundred pound Hercules road feeder. And on the back, I have a carrier that we made. It's, it, we, we, we haven't made them in a few years, but we used to make a carrier that was out of all black iron, heavy as heck, had to have two people to, to slide it off, take it off, you know, and set it down. And so just at times that I'm by myself, I can't, I can't take it. You know, if I take it out, I just take it out and let it fall to the ground, which is fine. But it's just, you know, I'm not old. I'm still pretty young, but it does kind of put your back in an awkward situation. Mm -hmm. 
right? To slide that thing out. Well, I'm like, man, we got to do something about this. Because even even got customers that come in here with, you know, wanting a 100-pound Hercules road feeder, which has been our most popular feeder for quite a while now, um, road feeder for, you know, quite a while now. Customers are like, man, I love these things. I run into trees with them. I run over brush with them. But gosh almighty, they're just so heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, well, you know, it's, if you want something that's going to be sturdy, it's got to have some weight to it. So I've always been infatuated with aluminum. Like I just, I love aluminum. I love the looks of aluminum. Um, it's just a very attractive metal to me. And so wanted to kind of start easing into, we've never done much aluminum at all. Uh, so kind of wanted to start easing into that. And so I guess about a year and a half or two years now, well, three years ago, I made our first aluminum road feeder. It's been testing them since, but finally launched it, um, I guess about a year and a half or two years ago now. And we're just easing into it because TIG welders are, they're almost like an artist, you know, um, it's, you don't come, it, there's not many aluminum TIG welders out there. Right. Mm. So. I've learned how I've known how to MIG weld, you know, hot rolled steel since I was in high school or middle school. Right. I mean, that's a fairly easy thing to learn, but to TIG weld aluminum is, you know, it's literally, it, they're almost, I kind of look at them like an artist, like they're, they're working, you know, they're, they're working the metal, they're working their uh, rod. Like, so for us to get into aluminum first, you got to find, some really skilled individuals yeah. and then, you know, you can start doing test samples of the product. Right. And the welds, obviously this is not painted over metal. So you can't just cover up a bad weld. You can't go grinding on it. Right. You can't, if you have a bad weld, you can't just grind it out and redo it. Cause the, the steel comes with a laser film on it. So after we, after we laser cut it, then we weld it. And then the final process is you peel all the sticky uh like pvc type uh protecting film off and then that's the finished product that you you're selling right Mm -hmm. so if it has a bunch of scratches and stuff and scuffs on it you got a discount because the customer wants to see a very beautiful you know brushed aluminum product and so that's kind of been a struggle in itself to to figure out that process but um the aluminum line it's lightweight it's durable so we started with four items, the, the carriers, the two carriers, and then the uh, 100-pound road feeder, 50-pound road feeder. And like a bird our, feeder. Huh? And a bird feeder, too. The bird feeder's new. Yes, the bird mm-hmm. feeder that a customer walked in when I love this bird feeder, but I want it, you know, I, I don't want to have it painted. And so I thought about doing it galvanized, but I'm like, man, how do you want aluminum? Be lightweight, too. You want that? Yeah, that'd be great. And so it kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, that's now an item, right? It's been pretty dang popular, too. It's been a good one. Um, but yeah, pretty excited about the aluminum line too. It's, uh, very attractive and user-friendly and. Well, anything that's light, like you said, uh, is, is a bonus, especially cause you know, there's times where even like a, a 600 pound stand and fill, like if I'm putting it in the woods, like on my place in Oklahoma where I'm, where I'm bow hunting, dude, I mean, I have to put that thing on a dolly and, and cause it, it's just me. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of work. So if you could, yeah, anything that's lighter always, and as long as it holds up and you don't sacrifice durability to get that lightweight model, then uh, I think that's a great thing. 
uh, and the in the the silverback uh, cargo carrier, you know, I can manhandle that thing myself and put it on, take it on and off the truck, no problem. Yeah, and, and like the hundred pound Hercules, you know, our, our regular black iron hundred pound Hercules, it's uh, about seventy five pounds. Well, mm. aluminum hundred pound road feeder is right at twenty one, twenty two pounds. Right. I mean, it's especially quarter- the older I get, the more appealing it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, and it's it's quarter inch. You know, the tubing's quarter inch aluminum tubing, and uh, we're smarter, not harder. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the aluminum lines a new thing for us. Still, you know, trying to perfect that side of the manufacturing because uh, that line's taken off pretty good. But uh, before we started getting into other items, we got quite a few other items we want to get into, but need to uh you know get as efficient as possible with those four or five items we got now before we start doing some other aluminum stuff right on right on well man we are out of time um also one other thing to mention uh if you're interested in hog lights you guys have those slap them on the feeder and uh yeah go to town yeah yeah the board light little squealer uh great lights motion activated lights solar panels on the backside internal batteries uh Man, they work great. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of pig hunting has been done underneath those. So. Uh, last question as we're wrapping up. Bucket list hunt for you. Because I'm trying to get you to go to Africa with me. But what is, uh, let's just say money's not an object. What is the thing that, that you want to go hunt with a bow or rifle? doesn't matter. Money's no object? Money's no object. Nargali we're, we're living in We're living in, in La La Land right now. A Nargali ram. Wow. So is that uh, Tajikistan? Or yeah. where is it? Kazakhstan. Yeah, it's a, it's a stand. I know that. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, I mean, that's a, that's like, that's the ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, let's stay with like a, uh, Alaskan doll, right? That's, okay. I want, I want the mental challenge. I want the physical challenge. You want to get socked uh, in in your tent for 10 days. Yes. And somehow mentally <laughs> be able to deal with that. That's, yeah. that's what, you know, I want to, I don't know. Like, you know, I, so I what, like, have you priced an Argali Ram? Cause I mean, a doll sheep's, you're not gonna find one for less than twenty five thousand, maybe thirty. But uh, um, like, yeah, anywhere from ninety to one one fifty, depending on which <laughs> one you go for. Yeah, yeah. So so that's uh, that one's highly highly unlikely. Um, you know, the I had my wife be like, "Wait, you sold your truck?" I'm like, "I not only sold my truck, I sold our son. I sold some guns, but damn it, and, I'm going our golly hunting." <laughs> and we got to move out next week because the house is sold too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, right. I'm I'm a sheep guy, so those are those are my two those are, those would be my my dream hunts. Right so. on, right on. Well, man, I certainly appreciate it. I've enjoyed our relationship over the years. Looking forward to uh, you know a continued partnership, and uh, it was great to finally be in camp together as well. It was. I enjoyed it. Got to get to know each other a little bit better. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, Cable. All right. Take care. You too, man. Bye bye. So there you have it, a little of this, a little of that with our longtime friend and supporter of the show, Zach Gates of All Seasons Feeders, Blinds, and Smokers. And for me personally, it's they make it so easy to get behind and promote their products because they work. They flat out work. They're well built and uh, they stand behind them. So check it out, whatever you need. Blinds Feeder Smokers. It's all right there at allseasonsfeeders.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to Zach. 
Thanks to you guys and gals for tuning in to today's presentation. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors. <laughs>